Welcome to Making Bread, Making Money in the Modern Age. Now, here's your host, Matt Barkley. Welcome back to Making Bread, where we talk about all the new ways to make money using the technology of 2022. I'm your host, NFL quarterback, Matt Barkley. My guest today was on the dark side as a linebacker for the Giants, Eagles, and Bengals, and he's kept pretty busy in retirement. Dahani Jones is an entrepreneur an investor, and currently serves as the chairman of Key Capital. He's enjoyed tremendous success in his post-NFL career with a number of shrewd financial moves, and we're going to find out exactly what he looks for when making investments. Welcome to the show, Dahani. Thanks for joining me. So the dark side, that's how we're starting it off? The dark Defensive side. Defensive guys, I learned that from middle school. And was told... First of all, you couldn't do anything without defensive guys. You know, there's good guys and bad guys. And defensive guys, you know, that's just the way it was. How did the defense, who clearly wins championships, become the dark side? You know, quarterbacks, you, you all always feel like there is this sort of bright light shining upon you. And <laughs> that the defense has this dark light shined upon them. You cannot do anything without us. I agree. Defense wins championships. That is a staple. It's true. You can throw the ball. They can catch the ball. You can score a touchdown. But if the other team does the same, then whatever you just did was negated. So there's a different mindset. Would you agree with that? I, I mean, there there is true. There There is truth to what you're saying in terms of a different mindset. But, you know, come on, man. Respect where respect is due. <laughs> I mean. Come on. There's respect. There's nothing wrong with the with the rebels. <laughs> the anyway, we won't go down the Star Wars rabbit hole. But the honey, dude, I really am excited to talk to you. Do you by any chance remember back? Well, I'll say I I remember back in 2013. All right, take yourself back. It's hard for me to go back that far. I was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, where where you played, and I asked some question on Twitter about a bow tie. And my timeline replies filled up with nonstop messages. You got to meet Donnie Jones. You got to hear this guy. You got to see his fashion. And I found out very quickly that you were the bow tie guy. And is that still the case? Is that one of your top stature, what you're known for? I, I think, uh, number one, 2013 was so long ago, you know, <laughs> getting up in age. Um, sometimes things of the past, you know, you, you kind of remember it a little bit. It's kind of like a little bit of a, a star in, in your mind. You kind of just look at that glimmer of light and wonder what it actually was. No, bow ties are still very much a part of my my life and my lifestyle, right? You know, Kunta Littlejohn, who was in Philadelphia, was the one that essentially taught me all about them. And I can't live life without always remembering the value that that bow tie Brought. And I would say that there are, there are some bow tie soldiers that are out there, right? And I, look, 2020 and the last couple of years, everybody all of a sudden decided to go to athleisure. So there's really no more ties and neckties and ascots and formal dress wear. I mean, just the Oscars happened and people were like, oh, that's right. I can dress up again, <laughs> right? I feel like you can never be overdressed. So you, know, you can you you can never be overdressed now. Now I think 
there's license to dress as you wish any point in the day. So I do still rock bow ties. I'm still grateful to what bow ties really did in my life. And it's great. And Philadelphia is really where it was all born. Well, since that connection, I, I remember, I do remember looking through what you were posting in your content and it was an, you were an easy follow and someone that I've kept, you know, eyes on for the, the last decade or so in my NFL career and off the field as well and all your investment endeavors and everything you've done. It's, uh, it's been really fun to keep track of you and I'm glad we're here together today. Uh, we got some more recent news, some headlines we're going to go through uh, in the investing crypto world called whale watching. Is this called a segment? This is a segment. Is this where you, the music comes in and says, dun, dun, dun. Or you make, have you whale make calls? some sort of reference to like, like there's humpback, dick or something like that? There's humpback whale calls <laughs> in the background that signal in whale watching. All right. Okay. I'm ready. Here we go. NFL, uh, the NFL partners with Status Pro uh, to make a VR simulation game. All right. The NFL announced that they're heading into the virtual reality market as they partnered with Status Pro to design a VR game for football fans. They're the first major sports league to make this move. I could ask you if you could virtually sack any of today's quarterback with a VR headset on Mm. in your office, (laughs) who would you take a shot at? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely taking a shot at you. I mean, I mean, immediately. It'd have to be a preseason game. Is that okay? <laughs> it's fine. I, I think just by sheer fact of calling me you know, out and being on the dark side, I'd, I'd need to do that. You know, I, I think, I think Brady. You know, I think it's very appropriate as he's as he's making his return back to the National Football League. And as many times as I tried to attack Brady, he was always very, very well protected. And he got rid of the ball fast too. He did. He does. And you can't see my hands very well, but on my right thumb, the last time I tried to sack him, I actually ended up hitting him, but he had already released the ball, but I got my thumb caught between his helmet and my helmet. And it actually squished my, my thumb. So if I could re remake that moment, but actually not have him release the ball and get the sack, Against Brady. So was that going to be your first sack or do you have Come a sack on, man. on him? Come on, I had a bunch of sacks. Give me a break. On okay. him? Go, go check my stats in terms of my... Oh, oh, sorry. I was On Tom sorry. Brady. I felt, I felt some kind of way about <laughs> no, the direction no. that you were going right there, <laughs> no. Matt. You know, trying to call me out saying that <laughs> Brady was the only person that I, you know, or did I ever? Yes. So it was, it was as I said before, it's tough to sack Brady. I mean, he is a Michigan graduate, so... As I look at my former Wolverines and their success, you know, I just would like that moment back. I'm just picturing you with a with a headset on, and you're just screaming, "I'm coming, Tom! I'm going to get you off!" What do you What do you think about the VR world from your perspective? It's interesting because it provides a whole new experience and connection, but you are voiding the world you're living in, which is. Mm. It's tough for me to to come to grips with, and even even the metaverse is it's there's so much opportunity, and I love the concept of it, but I want it's hard for me to push like my kids into that and want them to s- succeed in that. But you do know that your kids are already there. The thing about the metaverse, Web three and how I think about it, we actually are already living in it. There are just building blocks around which we are participating 
that are still assembling in order to make it more seamless to our everyday life. You know, being on and off platforms essentially are mimicking where we will eventually be, but it's going to take some time. I can go down the rabbit hole of the metaverse because I love it. I'm bullish on it. I love all the building blocks to it. I love all the gaming that comes along with it. I love the small portals and places that people are taking their time to get into it. But when it comes to sports, to your point, until we build technology that can make us feel the hit and experience the environment of the stadium, there's still going to be a large disconnect. And that's what you're talking about. Correct. It's kind of like you in preseason. It is. Large disconnect. (laughs) Timing is not always there. (laughs) In other headlines, Mark Zuckerberg said that most future jobs will be more creative than traditional labor or service. We kind of talked about this earlier, but what do you think about Zuckerberg saying creative versus traditional labor? And where do you stand with the whole metaverse concept? I mean, did you envision the same world that he does? So... The world traditional, I think, is going to be non-traditional. I think the world of creativity has always been there. And I think as a young kid, we all have this destined or this destiny to be as creative as possible. So I think the metaverse puts us in a perfect position to live out our real dreams. Amen. Good answer. This probably won't come as a shock to anyone, but Wall Street Journal reports that gas prices are rising at the fastest rate on record. Dahani, I know you're an avid cyclist and smart with your money. So go ahead and make the pitch for people to ditch their cars and hop on a bike. So what happens when you depart the National Football League is you tend to add weight. My pitch in anybody's transition is to get on a bike and do all the same things that you love to do while burning calories so that you can live longer. But not a stationary bike. First of all, nobody (laughs) should ever want to go on a stationary bike. I mean, (laughs) good. Company's pretty cool. I get it. People like spinning around so that that big heavy wheel can keep going around. But how about we get on a bike and go somewhere? Get out and see the world. Okay. I love cycling. There you go. Take your bike to work. Save on gas and get a little workout while you're at it. Sports betting inches forward in Missouri. Missouri and Kansas all right, are two of the latest states to take steps towards legalizing sports gambling. Let me put this disclaimer here. This is not professional investment advice from Dahani. Okay, that being said, give the people of Missouri and Kansas a lock that they can bet on this upcoming NFL season. Oh, a lock? I mean... What's a gimme? Well, Kansas City is going to win at least 12 games. That's a lock. One of those will not be against Buffalo. We'll say that. <laughs> you know, you asked me to give my, my lock, so I, I did. Even without Tyreek? Yes. I mean, look, the thing that Andy Reid is really good at, which unfortunately happens, is that he lets go some of the older players. But what he's also known for is bringing in young, fast talent. And so I think he's just setting things up to bring in some new, fresh Fast people that can complement the team. He can work with anyone. He can. Love it. So we mentioned Tom Brady and his unretirement. Okay. His long retirement is finally over. Going back to the Bucks. This is also great news for the city of Tampa as 
Tom Brady generates tens of millions of dollars in revenue for that local community. So as a former NFL player yourself and a current small business owner, talk a little bit about the economic impact that great players like him have on their local cities. Well, especially of the graduate of the University of Michigan, Tom Brady, he's he's always thinking about others and not, you know, he's not a selfish quarterback. And he likes to spread the ball out just like he's able to sort of spread the value out. And I think that's mm. maybe something that he took into consideration as he uh, as he wanted to come back. But, you know, there's true value in what a team can bring to a city. And that's why we all love the game of football. It's not just on Sunday, but through the week and the buildup and all the people that just get to go out and, and visit these teams. And so I think it's exciting for Tampa to have Tom back and for some of those small businesses to be excited about the building weeks to their game on Sunday. Amen. It's about community, fan base, and he seems to be maximizing that down in Tampa. All right, into the juicy stuff. Ready? I'm ready. That was pretty juicy already, but we're going to go a little deeper into your your background, your history, and I know you retired back in 2011, and it seemed like almost immediately you were popping up everywhere doing this, that, and the other. And I mean, when did you start planning for your post-playing career days? I think about planning as something that you have to do before you actually get somewhere, right? Right. You can't plan for a vacation while you're on the airplane or else you'll forget all of your clothes. You'll forget your fishing rod just as much as you might forget your snowboard or snowboard boots, depending upon where you're going. So I think planning actually comes before you actually arrive at, at that moment. And so for me, before I even got into the National Football League, what I was always thinking about is what that transition might be. So I went into the game knowing that I was only going to be able to play for a certain amount of time, but preparing for whatever the next experience might be. Did you take any internships? Did you have time for that in the off season or were you just always kind of researching and trying to learn? I think one of the most important things that I did was every single time I went to a new city, I would always try to figure out who was the owners of the suites. <laughs> I want to know who the owners of the suites are. And I want to know what are some of the headline companies in those towns? Because if you know who's in the suites and you know who's the headline companies in the town, they that means you pretty much can point to the leadership of the state or of the city of whichever team that you're, you're playing. And so getting to know those people was really important to me. During the off season, I took internships. I was able to work for the, the Tisch family. I was able to find internships in, in New York when I was on the, on the Giants, when I was in Philadelphia. I found my way through the city and met some people that were part of the Comcast family, yeah. you know, and just met a bunch of people. And then even in Cincinnati, what I learned was that there were more Fortune 500 companies there than there were in like a city like Boston. And so when you have places like New York, Philadelphia, and Cincinnati, when you can meet people, it's up to the player, it's up to the person to be able to decide, okay, what do I actually want to do with my life once this game is over? And who are some of the people along the way that I might actually be able to spend time with that can, even if I don't know what I might do, even though I thought I had an idea, they can also add value to the things that you're thinking about. It's just like another coach, right? Yeah. When you get onto the field, you might think that you have a certain play, but your coach actually is not only coaching you for the playbook, but they're also coaching you to freestyle when something doesn't necessarily go 
your way. And while everybody thinks that they're going to play for as long as possible, everybody knows that whenever it might end, it's going to end. And so it's kind of like a, a sudden change. And so it's always important to be surrounded by good coaches. I think that's valuable too, to be active while for any athlete out there that wants to do any business or anything post their career. I think there's value in pursuing and actively seeking out relationships and networking while you're still playing. I think there's a big difference. It it comes from a place of genuineness, it seems like, as opposed to when Mm. you're done playing, then it almost seems like I need a handout or like I need a favor because I didn't have any time this, you know, while, while I was playing. But for you to be doing all those things while still still playing is impressive. And I'm sure you got pitched a lot of ideas and startups and different, uh, you know, companies coming your way. Did you have a list or any one thing that you would listen for or, you know, would help make that decision in investing in a business or product? So I was just ever curious, kind of like I've, I've always been just from a personality standpoint. And, you know, people would bring me ideas. People would suggest to me different things. I don't know if I ever had a formula. I don't ever know if I had a a list that I kind of stuck with. For me, and even still now, when I think about the world of investing, it really comes down to the personality of the person that you're investing in, yep. right? Investing is not just the P&Ls. It's not just the growth opportunity. It's not, the, not just the market share. It's just as much, although it is that, it's for me, it's more who's the leadership of the company? What's the yes. board look like from the business? And so I was always looking to develop relationships with people that those relationships could go deeper, that we could find ways to know, like, and trust each other so that we could find something that we can invest in in order to create something that was mutually beneficial. But I also have to say this, half the things that people are investing in right now are not the things that we could have invested back then. That's true. It's changed. Like hindsight is definitely 2020. It's definitely changed. I mean, I remember when Facebook went public, right? I remember when the first iPhone came out, you know, was there or have there been seminal moments where I could have gotten in the market, so to speak, and reap those amazing rewards, but you're kind of living through it. Right. And so I think that the way people are investing now, they also have this historical background of the things that they've seen and watched happen in real time where now they have an opportunity to exploit that and to invest in those types of things. So a question that you're not asking, but I'll say is like, if I were a player right now, I'd be looking at all kinds of opportunities. And you're seeing players that are starting their fund vehicles. You're seeing players investing in different deals. So I think the sky's the limit for those that are playing right now. And it's a lot different than what it was before. And keeping it relationship driven and finding good people to work with because, yeah, founders make almost all the difference sometimes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the people you work with, you want to have fun while you're doing it. I I see on your LinkedIn page that, I mean, you're actively working on eight different jobs right now. I mean, board member of this, advisor of that. No, no. The thing, what I can't figure out on LinkedIn, and maybe I should just call Reed to ask him. Is like, yeah, I just did that. You see that? I just did that. That was a humble brag. Very humble brag there. <laughs> I was trying to figure, like, <laughs> do you remove certain things 
from your LinkedIn list or do you just keep them all active? Because in some you're going to look like a CVS receipt and all the things that you, right. you, you're involved I mean, in. I, I suppose, but I, to be honest, I don't even know some of the stuff that's on my LinkedIn page. I do know that, yes, the primary things that I'm working on is being a board member and being an advisor and, and, and working to help other people grow their businesses. I mean, that's, that's what I've found to be useful. And that's what I found makes the biggest difference. I think that when you're thinking about investing too, you also have to think about how you invest in yourself, right? And to understand your own personality is just like to understand somebody else's at their business. And so for me, as I've grown throughout my trajectory of, of investing, learning about who and how I can affect a business the best, being a strategic partner and being an advisor and being a, a voice to the business I've found is one of my strongest assets. And that's where I've developed some of those relationships and how I tend to invest even through, you know, through Key Capital. Yeah. So one of those projects is, you know, being the chairman of Key Capital. What's one of the the number one mistakes you see people making, I guess, in a broad sense, which is with their money and how they invest? I think number one mistake is that people don't know enough about what they're investing in. Mm. Research, research, research. And then the number two mistake is that you might know too much about what you're investing in. Uh, So it's, it's, you're in a little bit of a a catch 22 because if you don't know anything, you're just kind of going in blind, but that's also relying upon the person that's leading the business to know more than you do. And if you know too much, that you might get that paralysis by analysis and you might just sort of get stuck in sort of running your own mental models of a business that you're not running, that you should believe in the other person should be running. Right. right. So I always look at sort of like the dichotomy of the two, how much do I want to know? And how much do I not want to know? How much do I want to believe in that person? And how much do I want to believe in, in myself and my discernment to be able to choose the leadership of the, these businesses that I want to invest along. So I think those are two of the most important pieces. So when it comes to the NFT crypto space where there's not always a founder or a person that you can latch onto and create that relationship with in, you know, compared to a traditional startup, because we see a lot of, you know, young investors, especially Mm -hmm. athletes that are getting into the, the crypto NFT space, whether it's coins or the artwork aspect of NFTs or anything else, what advice would you give to them? I guess research, 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 kind of like what you just said uh, would would go hand in hand with that. But any thoughts on how not to get just destroyed in that space and lose <laughs> lose everything? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, when when I think about Web three, when I think about crypto, when I think about coins, when I when I think about NFTs, when I think about the metaverse, I mean, there's no way in the world I can keep all these things straight in my brain, right? Mm. If I get on Discord right now, you want to find a way for me to just like have an aneurysm? It's like follow so many different, just like- So many notifications. Just conversations <laughs> and chat. I mean, come on. I turn all the no- notifications of my my phone off, let alone watching all the notifications from from Discord. So- I say that because you have to find a way to sort of calm. Narrow your focus? You have to find a way to calm your point of entry, mm. right? You have to find a way, much like you do in the world of sports, to slow the game down. Right. When you're 
back there as a quarterback, if the defense is moving too fast, that means that you didn't work hard enough throughout the week. If the defense is moving slow and you can just see everything happening, that means you actually figured out what's actually happening, right? It's a good analogy, yeah. And so when I think about the world of investing in NFTs, Web3, whatever you want to call it, for me, I know there's no way in the world I can get it to slow down. I just, that's, there's a, that's the other piece, understanding yourself, right? So if I like to talk to others that are in front of it. I like to talk to others that are obsessed with it. I like to talk to people that I've developed a, a trusting relationship and say, I want to place capital with you. Because I believe that you have been able to read the matrix. You read the defense. And right. for those that are better investors, you've read the offense, right? Because you're a great linebacker. You're not on the dark side. You're on the bright side of making things happen. And you can read where the wide receivers and where the quarterback is going to go with the ball, where the running back, which hole is going to go. Like, you know what's going to happen. You know what that offensive coordinator is going to do because you've been prepped by your defense coordinator. So, I feel as though I'm watching amazing people do this investing on my behalf because I've believed in them. But more importantly, I've believed in what they've been able to see and how they've been able to slow down all of the inputs in order to make the best capital outlay or the output. Right. You get a scouting report. You you do your research. You watch as much tape as you can. You don't just walk onto the field one day thinking you're going to get 10 sacks or I mean I did I do I mean <laughs> as an athlete because that's just my gift you have to fight <laughs> against that urge. <laughs> uh, so early in your NFL career when you started making money did you have anyone telling you stuff like that did you have any like advisors or mentors off the field definitely had advisors definitely had mentors you know the the unique thing about that is I think that you start to see some and then you start to see more and you start to see many. And even then you have to kind of make your own decision. So right. I've had plenty of advisors along the way and, and some people that I still work with and some people that I've no longer worked with as well. Right. But that's all a part of like growing as an athlete. That's all a part of growing as a person. A lot of times people feel as though those that were with you, you know, they say what got you here may not be what gets you to the next level. Right. Correct. Yep. And I think it's important to think about that when it comes to those relationships as you are looking at the things that you're going to invest in or the people you're going to invest with. So I had people and some of those people have transitioned. And I think we're all better because of it, because as people learn and as they grow, they take those experiences and they apply it to not only what they're going to do, but what they might do in the future. I would say that responsibilities probably ultimately on the players themselves but do you think the league has any responsibility to do more or inform players or protect them from blowing their money because i feel like ever since that broke 30 for 30 came out everyone's kind of been a little more keen to what's going on but is there anything else that can be done to yeah i i think that the league has a responsibility i think that the players association has a responsibility i think that the player has a responsibility i think yeah Community has a responsibility. I, I think that everybody has a responsibility, but I think when it really comes down to it, the player has to make a decision. And sometimes somebody could be telling you something to do, you know, hey, look, you got to make a right-hand turn. You got to make a right-hand turn. But 
as a player, sometimes you're that hard-headed entrepreneur that's going to make a left-hand turn and it may not be the straightest road in order to kind of get to your destination, but you're going to learn things along the way. It also could be a road that ends up in a dead end. It also could be maybe a more direct line to your end goal of what you wanted to be in the first place. Could be. So I think the responsibility is all around you, but I think as the player, it's also your responsibility to understand yourself and make those decisions. And it's, it's never going to be an, an easy thing. And I think that there's a lot of um, scrutiny that's placed upon the league and a lot of visibility, but in real life, this happens to everybody. Yeah. Right. No doubt. You have to assume responsibility and know what you're getting into. Exactly. You can't just claim ignorance. So I know you're a national champion at Michigan. All right, take it back. And now you're a prominent investor. So I think you're the perfect guy to answer this next question. Should college players get paid? They're already getting paid now. I mean, that's what name, image, and likeness is all about. I mean, I I called this a, a while ago. I think that with name, image, likeness, I love it. And I think... Th- who's the player from St. Petersburg Peacocks who got the big NIL deal as they were kind of the Cinderella team to the March Madness. And, you know, there are players that are getting, getting paid. I think the challenge is going to be, and I can't predict the future, but I think as people are going to continue to get paid, that same question that you talked about as players in the National Football League or anywhere else, NBA or MLB or F1, whomever you want to, you want to talk about, who's going to be the ones that are going to be protecting or help them understand the value of their dollar. Right. And protecting their best interests when it comes to investing. And so whether it be the NCAA, whether it be the big 10, the big 12 or whomever, what are the sanctioned bodies that are going to try to find ways much like the NFL players association does in terms of being able to put in front of said players. These are a couple people that you should talk to. These are the couple opportunities, you know, they can't necessarily choose one or the other, but they can put the options in front. And so as people get paid as they do now, much like players get paid, it's about surrounding them with good people, but ultimately the player has to make their decision. Yeah. Cause we, we see rookies, you know, fall into some troubles. Uh, and now we're taking it back even earlier, three, four years to 18 year olds who are signing million dollar deals. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some education in place. Yeah. Whether it's from the school themselves or, or the NC2A about how to be sound with those, but I'm all for it. I think it came, I'll say 10 years. You might say two decades too, too late, but I think it's, you know, about time that players are earning their keep mm-hmm. just from, you know, the time that they put in. Uh, I love to see it. All right. I, I got to close with this. I know you played in Cincinnati. You brought it up with the Fortune 500 companies there and you're a big Bengals fan, but you're also a shrewd financial advisor and investor. Okay. So if I wanted to put my life savings on the <laughs> Bengals to win the Super Bowl next year, what would you say? Whoa. First of all, I'm not a registered financial advisor, so I can't, I can't give any advice in terms of where you might want to place your capital. But I don't think I would wager all of my money on any team to win the Super Bowl. I think it's always important to be as diversified as possible. Well within your risk strategy as an investor. So maybe you place a little bit of capital with the Bengals because I do believe that they are due. 
as they did such a great job this past year. But I might put some money in, you know, in, into some other places. <laughs> into some other places. Just to make sure you, you <laughs> hedge your bet a little bit. Hedge your, hedge your bet. Any given Sunday, diversify. <laughs> <laughs> diversify, my friend. The game is about diversification. That is true. Speaking of games, we're going to transition into a little game variety segment. All right. And the cool thing about this dun, game dun, is dun. there are no wrong answers. All right. I just want to hear okay. your expert opinion. And so we're going to give you five football related things that could be real investment opportunities. And you tell me whether you would invest in them or pass. All right. Okay. Here we go. During the pandemic, the NFL introduced handheld electronic whistles for coaches. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. There you go. Whistles you can use without your mouth. You just press a button and it makes a whistle noise. All right. If you. Not investing. If the handheld whistle people came to you, are you investing? Not investing. Or passing. No. Pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. You w- would you get past the intro on the on the email? <laughs> Hard pass. Hard pass. All right. So what you're basically telling me is you have a you have a beeping button. Thank you. What what about a, a an air horn? I like air horns. Those are but a beeping air horn? No, no, no. That's a pass. 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 Did you invest in it? Did you make any money on it? No, I think I saw a coach use it for two days and go back to a regular whistle. Uh, so there I think it is. they pass too. But Pass. Number two, all right, there is a Chick-fil-A in the Falcons Stadium, which is a questionable strategy because Chick-fil-A closes on Sundays, and that's Mm. when the Falcons usually play. So if Chick-fil-A comes to you and says, we want to open them in every other NFL stadium, invest or pass? Um, I'm going to invest. Chick-fil-A is always a, a good investment. Plus, I think that there's plenty of other activities that the stadium might allow, yep. not just on Sunday. It's unfortunate that it's not open on Sunday, but uh, maybe you could get a waiver for it to be open during the regular week just for patrons for Chick-fil-A. That could work. Invest in Chick-fil-A. Hard, it's, it's hard to pass on that. So it was announced that... You're passing on, you're, you're passing on Chick-fil-A? No, I'm, I'm with you. I didn't okay. mention that. I'm just, I'm just making sure. Yeah, concerts, college yeah. games, high school Friday night lights. You never know. I, yeah. Big there's wheel. Always, there's, a, there's always a line at Chick-fil-A Was it for big a trucks? Reason. What are they called? Monster trucks? Monster, Monster trucks. Monster jam. Monster jam. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Monster jam, concerts, rodeo. Easy. I mean, there's all different types of things. I'm with you. So it was announced that the Buccaneers will play in the first NFL game ever in Germany this coming season. If the NFL wanted to expand and put a team in Europe permanently, are you investing in the team or are you passing? I'm investing in the team. I'm with you. I've heard that if an NFL team gets slotted for Europe, that team would double in value almost immediately. Double right away. So I'm investing. Make it international. Right. You got to compete with basketball and, and soccer. On the, on the world stage. When's the last time you saw international basketball on TV? Okay. True. Next question. <laughs> All right. 
This question is it's, it's a little disgusting. All right? the the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, all right, they feature a burger in their stadium. And I'm just gonna read this description. The Cards Gridiron Challenge Burger weighs seven pounds and includes five and three quarter pound burger patties. Okay, five three quarter pound burger patties, five all beef hot dogs, five bratwursts, 20 slices of cheese, eight slices of bacon, eight chicken tenders. Okay, they threw the tendies in there as like a, <laughs> I don't whatever that is, 12 ounces of fries, lettuce, pickles, and tanker sauce. All right, all on a 10 inch bun. I'm investing in tanker sauce. Tanker sauce, whatever that is, it's the icing on the cake. In tanker sauce, would you be able to finish that? No, that's for like ten people. I wouldn't even start it. I don't. (laughs) Did you call them chicken tendies? Is that what you just called them? Chicken tendies. Eight. How they get those tendies in there? You didn't call them chicken tendies. You said, "Hey, how they get those tendies in there?" Um, That's a hard pass. That's a lot of indigestion. There's not enough water in the world that could just like get me to consume the entire burger. And five patties and bratwurst and hot dogs and tendies and french fries. Hard pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. All right. Last one. We're going to keep it simple. XFL. The Rock calls you tomorrow. Are you investing or passing? Oh, anything with The Rock. He's going to be the president. If he asks you to suit up for a contract to play. What's the contract? How much am I getting How much am I getting paid? There's a value for everything. <laughs> you tell hey, me. <laughs> if, if, if I get the amount of money that I want, then I would play. Of course. It's a quick season. I can do my investing in the background or I can do in my investing in the off season. So there's always a, a balance and there's always trade-offs. So as, as long as he paid me what I'm worth, I'll go through the season and then I'll invest during the off season. Why not? And maybe Tom Brady will retire to the XFL and you can get that sack instead of in the metaverse. (laughs) Instead of in the metaverse. Exactly. In reality. In real reality. Exactly. Love it. Well, the Honey Jones, thank you so, so much for joining, talking about your post-football days and investing and learned a lot from you today. Appreciate it. If you guys enjoyed the show, please remember to rate and leave a review or subscribe if you haven't already so that you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Matt Barkley and this has been Making Bread. Peace. Peace.